Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time, time for, for Couples, couples Therapy. therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Couples Therapy. I am Naomi. And I'm Andy. And we are a real-life couple, a real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we bring you comedians who are close, doing sets together about their relationship. Right. Live, but nowadays in studio, okay? <laughs> in the brave new world. We yeah. are in studio. This intro is... Uh changed a lot during the choir. <laughs> so. so we are a real life couple of comedians and on couples therapy, we zoom with people we like <laughs> and talk to them <laughs> about relationships, love, another, a third, not a, to rip off Andy Kindler, thi- but relationships, a third thing. love, survival. <laughs> That's the third thing. Survival. Uh, uh, great episode today. A wonderful episode today. You guys today, you've already heard their dulcet tones. Our guests are married power couple Emily Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani. Mm, mm, Ooh, mm. baby, baby. Um, <laughs> you know Emily and Kumail. What song is that from? Ooh, baby, baby. Ooh, baby, baby. baby. I don't even. 
God, it's blanking. God, it's annoying. You know Emily and Kumail from their Oscar-nominated film, The Big Sick, which you can watch on Amazon even now. Right. Like, literally even now. You can thrive. Also, Kumail is in the new film Lovebirds with Issa Rae, which is on Netflix right now. And they have a podcast called Staying In with Emily and Kumail, which they started in Quar and really just captures the moment in time. Um, this was really good because it was actually for me, Andy, my first time really talking to Kumail. Like I had never really met, like, I don't even know if we've been to shows before. He was more of an LA person. Like I really don't even think we met. I met him once on the street in Williamsburg. Okay, gorgeous. Stunning. Uh, him and I, I want to say Sean Patton, comedian Sean Patton was that with sounds him. right. It's two comics, maybe two Pete. Guys. I think I like. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the point is, this was a good one for people that we didn't know. I knew Emily a little bit. I talk a lot about how we're just like internet friends, and this was a good time for us to chit chat. Um, but they were so lovely and open. So you are in for a treat of a time. Okay. But before we get into that, you guys, just a reminder, tomorrow, Wednesday, June 17th, we are doing the Couples Therapy Quarantine Party on Twitch at 2 p.m. PST, 5 p.m. Eastern. We got guests this week. You know, we're doing a the uh, approximation of our live show here in L.A. Right, we're trying online. to capture the energy. Capture the energy, capture the moment. Lacey Mosley and a friend is going to be on. Larry Owens and a friend is going to be on. Yes. You know them, you'll love them. Tune in 2 p.m. PST, twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod. And we're going to use the, the hour to raise funds for the Okra Project. The Okra Project is a collective based in New York that seeks to address the global crisis faced by black trans people by bringing home-cooked healthy meals to black trans people wherever they can reach them. So whether they have a home or are currently unhoused, the yeah. Okra Project will get them meals. And that is real. And that's something that we all need right now. And when we're talking about Black Lives Mattering, Black trans lives also matter. And something as simple as food can be hard to come by. Mm -hmm. So again, as always, our Twitch show is free. But if you do donate, we will be taking all the funds and giving them to the Okra Project. Yes. Naomi just uh, asked people to Venmo her as a joke, but people did. So all that money will also So now that money's going to go to the to Okra the Project. Okra Project. <laughs> Well, because I'm always like seeing people being like my Venmo, and but usually it's like after you know some big viral tweet or they've done something. So I was like, "Here's my cash app, right?" And so what if I'm like, I've done nothing, I put nothing out, and it was just like, if you'd like to be an ally, <laughs> just literally with like, no. and you know what? People have been very kind and supportive, and I want to pay that kindness forward to the Okra Project. <laughs> so that is what we will be doing. But you can also watch the show uh, again Wednesday, two p.m. Now I think it's time. Yeah. Without so further ado, roll it. Emily, you tell me. Uh, I have a feeling that Rorschach is something uh, akin to horoscope when it comes to actually. It's more of a pop culture reference than it is like a, a thing that's really, really used these days, but it's a pretty great pop culture reference. At one point in my life, I was planning on getting a Rorschach tattooed on my lower back. Like a. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. So if you see that, everyone sees the same thing, which is opportunity. <laughs> 
<laughs> Imminent success. And my big bit was going to be a guy would be like, you know, mid hookup. Ooh, what is that? And I'd be like, what do you think it is? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh no. God. I'm so happy you dodged that bullet, sister. <laughs> it's so strange because you'd have to be doggy style for that to be the topic of conversation. Correct. Right? Correct. So you're sort of like... Looking over your back, shouting. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm tossing a look over that shoulder, being like, what's up? What are you, how Whatever. do you, how do you feel about your mom? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do that. I just thought, you know, it's a, what do therapists have that are hip? There's nothing a therapist has that is hip, which is what I was. Um, and Rorschach is one thing that we have that's kind of hip. Uh, I don't know. See, honey, I don't know if it's hip once it's on the lower back. That changes the entire dynamic. That's exactly right. You're right. You Tramp could put stamp. anything on a, on a lower back. And, yeah, and yeah. it would demean it. It does demean yeah, it. Yeah, you could take like the most beautiful poetry and make Sistine it a Sistine Chapel. Full Sistine Chapel on that lower back. Yeah. <laughs> what if you got um, the entirety of Freud's civilization and its discontents tattooed on your back? I definitely wow. learn a lot about the people I was hooking up with, I would say. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that could take all night, just the reading, you know. Um... You guys, thanks for coming and talking to us today. Emily, you had written me at the top of the day being like, you sure you feel like it? Which (laughs) I respect and appreciate. I know that the last week has been, whoo, child, is what I can say. Yes, last week and not last 40 years. Well, 400. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) I appreciate you guys coming and chatting with us. I figure, why not spend 45 minutes just like taking a break? You know Just what I taking mean? a quick break from checking Twitter and being upset. Exactly. We yeah. need it. I'll say this. Hold on. I will say this. I know we're not to overstate the importance of this, but like we have gotten a lot of messages and emails from That's listeners true. who say they appreciate the the uh, you know, an hour away from thinking about the crumbling American experiment. Right, 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 right. You have to give them, you have to shake it up. You have and to it's interesting because I do feel like it was the way that comedy was after Trump was elected, which is like all people could talk about was that. And then it's like, is, are we, do we need a distraction from that or should we just be talking about that? And uh, I think, yeah, both. I think we need both turns out. Yeah, yeah. And it's, the hard thing is you have to sort of decide which one you need. And you, 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 it's hard to know because... Sometimes you're just sitting there refreshing Twitter over and over and it's Hmm. doing something, but it's not doing what you want to be doing or what you need to be doing. So breaking out of those cycles. Yeah, we like to injure ourselves. In an intentional way is hard. I know. I was going to say, like, do you guys know about healthy choices? Like, what are we (laughs) doing? What are you guys doing? Because I don't know about healthy choices in general. (laughs) I was just listening to. So I've been. This is going to sound real. Here we go. Oh, here we go. I'm not going to sound... <laughs> just so you know, I know how I sound, right? <laughs> so in this time, I I started basically meditating a couple years ago. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> for me, you know, I don't consider myself spiritual in any way or anything like that. To me, meditation was just a very practical thing, right? I had anxiety. What do I need to do to decrease my anxiety so I can be a better husband hmm. and better at my job, right? So it was a very practical thing. And, mm-hmm. and I really got a lot out of it. And so I've been listening. I listened to a couple of things. I listened today to a Terry Gross interview with the guy who was talking about meditating and the benefits of meditating. Mm-hmm. And another one about breathing, which is a big part Camille's of it. has been talking to me a lot about breathing lately. <laughs> about like how to regulate your own breathing. First of all, they say 30% of people 
breathe through the mouth and that's like really bad for hundreds of reasons. We call them mouth breathers. We call them mouth breathers. <laughs> but also you end up doing it without knowing it, right? So it's just like how to use, how to breathe through your nose to sort of uh, get situated or get more energy or try and sleep or whatever it is. And so those things I can sort of use to sometimes make good decisions. Healthy choices, yeah. Yeah, because it can be hard, as you were saying, to like be stuck in a situation where you're not even making the choice. Yeah, that's true. Does it, it scares me to think about making good choices because I'm worried about what kind of person I'll be on the other side of those good choices. Right. Will you still be interesting? Well, here's the exactly. thing. <laughs> well, here's the thing about meditating that, um, that this guy was talking about that I've also learned. I feel like people think, we think our anxiety or our whatever our struggles are, are the engine that makes us creative. And that's true. However, sometimes those can take over and be, be harmful, right? And not yeah. just harmful to your mental well-being, but also harmful to the work you want to do. And so I find for, you're never going to lose your anxiety. If you meditate, you know, th this guy was talking about this curve where a certain amount of anxiety actually makes you more productive. So I think if you meditate, you're not going to chill out and be a person who like doesn't do what you do anymore. <laughs> this is just a way of making yourself feel a little bit better every now and then. But you also say that you're less interesting now that you have more muscles. <laughs> yeah, don't get muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could. No, I, don't I don't have know the if that's dedication. A for me. I don't think I have the dedication <laughs> to what it would take to get muscles. I'm like, bless your commitment to survival. <laughs> to survival is what I would call it. And yeah, uh, you're gonna need those muscles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but like Kumail, with the meditation, was there like a learning curve for you? Because I found that, you know, honey, every therapist and their mother has been like, bitch, you need to get quiet. And yet I cannot take like Literally two minutes feels like nine years. My brain feels like Harlem in the 80s. Like I'm terrified <laughs> to go there. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> I do know what you mean. Here's what I'll say to that. I think a lot of people get scared. I can't believe I'm like the meditation guy now. I really am not this guy. You really are. I yeah. really am not. I think people get intimidated and think they're not going to be good at it. To me, there's no, like, I'm not meditating to get better at meditating. And sometimes my sessions are, quote, unquote, good. And sometimes they're not good. But even the not good ones are beneficial. I think people are too hard on themselves when they're meditating. Because as you're saying, you get a thought in your head, right? And then yeah. you're like, get the thought, get the thought out. <laughs> I think that can increase stress. All you have to do is be quiet. And if a thought comes in, you just like, oh, this thought is here. Let me see if I can focus on something else. And if the thought comes back again, okay, it's back. Let me see if I can focus on something else. And don't be too hard on yourself if the thought keeps coming back or if the thought doesn't go away because it's doing a couple of things. One, it is actually quieting your brain, even though there are distractions, it's still quieter than it usually is. And it's showing you how much is going on in there that you're not aware of or you're not in control of, right? It can be very easy for just all these thoughts that are always going in your brain to sort of push you out. And I think meditating at least allows you to be aware of that a little bit. Oh my God, yeah. this is a good session. I'll send you the copay. I'll send you the copay, Kamel. This I'm, is a good I'm not one. this guy. I'm not this guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking at you in wonder. At what point are you going to have to... Uh, except that you are this guy. 
you're on the other yeah, side. Oh, that's I what mean, this is. This is an intervention the three of us have planned. <laughs> This is, yeah, Kumail, you're that guy. You, you're that guy. You become an L.A. guy. <laughs> you work out. You talk about gluten-free. Well, that's we, Emily. That, we did a flotation tank once. Oh, here we go. And, uh, it, you know, you're just in a floating in water, and it's completely dark, and it's like a, just no senses. It's literally you're in nothing. You feel no temperature because it's exactly your body temperature. Uh, oh, God, that's I, terrifying. We did it for 90 <laughs> minutes. It almost broke me as a, as a, a person, as a soul, as a creature. <laughs> it almost... It tore me asunder. Camille fell asleep. I was like, can we do it again? <laughs> it's a great you place to nap. You immediately fell asleep, is my opinion. Uh, whereas I just sat with myself and died a thousand deaths, and not in that good orgasm way. <laughs> it was No, bad. no. Look, that, the one time I tried meditation, the, I, the egoless white nothingness of my mind that I eventually got to was so terrifying that I never <laughs> wanted to do it again. Yeah, take a glimpse and then run away. Please. Take a glimpse, like Wellbutrin. You know what I mean? Like I'm constantly yeah. telling people about Wellbutrin. I say, get yeah. out bored, babe. It'll, well, it'll help. Well, I'll say whatever, whatever works for you, you know, I'm not like everyone must meditate. It just was, it was just good for me. No, I know. I'm, I always ask though, because it's the same way, same way it's interesting. Like if I meet someone at a party and they've done some like diet or something that's really worked for them, I do want to know about it. Because really what I'm chasing is their feeling of um, comfort. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like I'm like, are you comfortable in your skin? Tell me what you did. <laughs> like, like that's what I want to know. So I'm very like, uh-huh, uh-huh, go on, go on. I'm going to write it Start when you were five. What happened when you were five and then Ex go up? <laughs> exactly. Who told you you were enough at an early age? <laughs> And now <laughs> let's go from there. Um, so like Emily, so Kumail's here meditating. He's like getting right. He's getting muscles. Did you feel ever like, I'll tell you why I'm asking because like with Andy, he's a much more regimented person than I am. He exercises every day. I had breakfast pasta, for example, mm -hmm, today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, but sometimes being, when I'm around him, like especially more, I think in quarantine, because we are so around each other, I almost feel this silent pressure. Like, even though I know he's not judging, I know he doesn't give a shit. I'm always like, nope. I should do more. I should fix this. Just by seeing someone else do mm -hmm. stuff. Does that happen to you? That, uh, that definitely has been a slight thing. I think we both are fairly regimented. Like, we both, like, will exercise pretty regularly. We usually kind of have a similar eating schedule. And then he kicked things into, like, five overdrives. And I, he just has, like, you just have abs now. And I, you know, I just look at them and I'm like, oh, I, were you, was I supposed to do that too? And you're not expecting that, right? You no, yeah. you look great. See, I look, I look great, guys. It's all going to be okay. But <laughs> it is that thing where like literally everyone in the world at every party I've been to in the last year, not anymore, obviously, uh, because no one's doing any partying. But everybody I talked to was like just talking to me about my husband's body. That oh. does kind of mess with you a little bit. Oh, like yeah. that's a weird, everybody being like, your husband, his body's amazing. He looks so fantastic, don't you? And you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know what to, I, I, and then I'm like, is everyone then conversely talking about everyone's bodies? Do we only talk about right, bodies when right. they go through a magical change? I like, think we huh. only talk about bodies when they go through it. And then I don't know of any women that have had a similar thing of like getting ripped and the world is just like, hey, let's talk about how that lady well, got ripped. Adele had a... That's a good she, point. And that was that's a big true. reaction. That was true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. But People somehow we lost end up their minds. Attacking Adele. We end up attacking it when, it, when it's women, I guess. That's the right. difference. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Does that warp the way that you understand? To, to have your body go through that kind of drastic a change, does that warp the way that you 
interact with the world? How's, that's it, a very good question. It. I don't feel any different other than sort of just the health benefits of being someone of just being a little bit healthier. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think overall I'm like that much healthier. I'm maybe 10% healthier. I think maybe you're frightening <laughs> strangers a little bit more just because you look a little bit more imposing than you used well, to. What strangers am I frightening right now, Emily? Well, literally no one right now. But, <laughs> but Emily was saying before <laughs> this, we were at some bar and some guy was like eyeing me. like, And she was like, oh, he sees you as like... A threat. I, that's how it looked to me was that he was eyeballing Kumail like oh, he's one of these muscle guys. I got to, like, assert my dominance. Whereas Kamel's just like, which, like, yeah. what do I do here? Which appetizer should I get? I don't feel, <laughs> I don't feel like I've moved through the world any differently. You, can, you don't. I you really, really don't. don't. The only difference is, obviously, I knew everyone's obsessed with looks. It's weird to sort of be obsessed with my own looks in my teens and not be happy at all. And then in the 20s be like, all right, you know what? This doesn't define me. Acceptance. Uh, I have to just accept how I am. This stuff is not important. And then again, in my 40s, to have that become the most important thing. First of all, for me, like I needed to look a certain way for the role I had decided. They did not put pressure on me. Mm -hmm. I decided. So there's that. And also the people's, people's reaction to it just... All these like things that have I thought I defeated in my mind, all these sort of demons came back where it was like, you know, I was like, people care more about what's inside you. They don't care what you look no, like. No, it turns and out that's like, not true. People do care what you look like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the demons yeah. got worked out. They got muscled. They got all muscled up. All those demons came back. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. The lie to the world was ripped. The, the, the kind face of the world was ripped away and you saw what was underneath, which is, oh, no, we are all superficial. We're the worst people. Correct. We're the worst of all the people. We're the yeah. worst. We're all the worst. We're all the worst. Um, <laughs> Is that sorry? Was that bad to say, Naomi? Am no. I being too cynical? Sorry. This last <laughs> weekend, I don't know what it was about the last weekend, but uh, <laughs> somehow like, you're just not feeling as rosy as you were. <laughs> I yeah. know. Well, I just thought it was funny because Amy. I just remember I'm like Amy Cooper. You know, the woman in Central Park. That happened on Tuesday of last. Like it's oh my oh, god. Oh right, right, right. Like it's not right. even been one week. I know. I'm like, remember that? Like, we have yeah. gone through so much since that that oh, I feel like God. we've all aged a hundred years. Yeah, we've all moved totally. forward. Yeah, um, it's, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot, and it's ongoing. <laughs> yes, the the racial, existential, and ontological you have to be rosy. contradictions at the heart of our society. <laughs> Stop it! We have company. <laughs> okay, Emily, how much if now you know? You left therapy, you got into this biz, but this biz is so sick. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are doing it together. Like, you know, are there ever moments where you long for just, like, a session? You know what I mean? Like, doing that work again? Or do you feel in any way that you bring any of that past work to this? Because you and I, like, I feel like, you know, I connected to you emotionally over this past year while working on pilots. Mm -hmm. And I was like... Hi, uh, I know we don't know each other very well. I'm going to send you a nine-page email while you're in London. Oh, I something. thought I emailed you first. Did you email me first? Because I, I really thought I emailed you first. Girl, I don't even know. All I know, it just became like literally a port in a fucking storm. Because I was like, this bitch said this. And you were like, accurate. And it was like, so I kind of felt like I was like, wow, okay, have I made her do therapy <laughs> over email? It but is. Like, well, first off, I really thought I went to you first. So you were you were also my port in a storm. So uh, I can't Beautiful. even say. Yeah, we were ports in storms. Yes. I do try to bring therapy into my current job just in that it's the only way I really know how to operate. 
Um, but I do miss feeling effective at my job. <laughs> Which I- <laughs> but I think you are like, well, this is what I find infuriating about Emily is that, you know, you, Emily is disciplined and focused to a degree that not very few people I've met are like that. Emily mm-hmm. sits down and writes for a certain number of hours every single day. And you'd ask like, is it weird for her to have me have this regimented thing? And is that mm-hmm. like, uh, stressful for her or is that pressure on her? The pressure is on me. I mean, Emily <laughs> is it, it, like every single day Emily sits and like works. And I've learned so much from her just watching her do that. Because I used yeah. to be like, you know, writing requires inspiration. The gods have to speak uh, to me. I got to get an idea. And Emily was like, no, it's a job. You sit and write. <laughs> yeah. so I've learned a yeah. lot from that. Emily really is weirdly not weirdly but you're you're good at working under pressure no that's yeah absolutely but i do miss when you're working with an individual or with a group or with a couple you get to see changes that they're making and you get to see the improvement even though they often backslide because we all do but (laughs) and i miss that i miss working with someone one-on-one and being like oh i think i've made that person's life better which is hard you know if you're like a staff writer on a show you're like, whose life am I making better? <laughs> Literally, like I could, that's, I, I'm probably making no one's life better. And I do think in times when I'm frustrated with this business, I miss feeling effective in that way. I miss like making differences I in people's lives. Yeah. I see what you're yeah. saying. I see what you're saying. But yeah. also my bad days back then were, oh, I have three people who are threatening suicide. I can't leave work until we've handled this. Right. Whereas now it's like, oh, you're not going to make the thing? Okay. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. I, Wait, I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> or like, this notes call means they did not understand my script at all. <laughs> right, uh, right. Bad day. Emily, did you always want to be a writer and it just, there was no, like I'm from Pennsylvania. I kind of always wanted to do this, but I never saw a pathway. I never even knew <gasps> how Same. to do it. Yes. So I went up, I was, I was a philosophy professor before. This. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and then I moved to New York to start doing comedy, but I always wanted to, and I just kind of got like pushed down. Was that the same for you? Yeah, my grandmother wrote um, letters to the editor of our local paper. That was like her <laughs> writing at, like yeah. exercise that she did like once every other week. And they were just about nature and they were very lovely. And I, that was the only person I knew who was a writer. And mm-hmm. she didn't get paid for it. And it wasn't like my family's just very southern and practical. So if it's like not a practical yeah. job, yes. then there's no point in pursuing it. Like that's just her fun little thing that she does, your grandmother does. Like that's not a career. So I I knew I always kind of knew, because there's also a lot of mental illness in my family, that I would go into therapy, but writing didn't feel like a thing that could ever actually be a job. And I didn't realize you could work in comedy and not be without being a comedian until I moved to New York, I will say. Because that's when I started running shows and stuff, and I was like, oh, you can do this. You can be around comedy all the the time without being a comedian, which I just didn't know. So I love that. I think you do sometimes need to see, you need to be in a bigger city to kind of get that there are careers in other fields. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I just didn't, I didn't even know what it was. I also like, it was definitely like middle-class Jewish parent pressure to (laughs) become a, professional there was a lot of alliteration there i didn't mean to but like uh you know to become a doctor or lawyer wow and i had to like punch through that yeah my parents were just like don't do anything that would make anyone mad at you (laughs) (laughs) that was their only career aspirations for me for me don't let anyone would you say that you have listened to them (laughs) 
that so much, I no, guess. I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think you like make people upset with your work, but you don't have a problem upsetting people. No, certainly not. <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. That's good. Like, like in your relationship for you both, like, Obviously, you know, you've been together a long time and there's like safety and comfort there. But like in the early days, you know, when like kind of getting to know someone, would you say you're you're both um, forthright, I guess is the word? Like if you're like, <laughs> I'm having a problem or do you tend to kind of be like, well, I get, let's just ride this out. And if I'm pushed, I guess I'll say something. You I know? Very good question. Come on, what would you say? one of each. I, you know, Emily, from my perspective, obviously there are a lot of things that Emily is not completely forthright about all the time. I lie. You, not lie, <laughs> but you hide how you feel yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Emily has, you know, Emily's like really, really has her shit together. Mm-hmm. And she's very smart and she's together. And so sometimes even for me, I don't see sort of the tempest within because she's so uh-huh. good at having her uh, coping strategies in place. Well, I don't want to yeah. upset anyone. Well, but, but, but it's a little unfair <laughs> to her then when she's upset, I'm like, wait, no, you're not supposed to be the upset one. I'm the one who, who's like, <laughs> yeah. you know. The I'm, tempest I'm, in the teapot. I, I'm the disaster. I'm the mess. Can't be you. <laughs> so I would say in the beginning, I had a lot of problems with really saying how I feel all the time. I would much rather not do a confrontation and just... Just be angry and stomp around <laughs> angry for a few days. Oh, but, but I also <laughs> wouldn't even know what I was angry about. Yeah. Which, which still happens. Yeah. So yeah. Emily's forced me to be more open and communicative about that stuff because we see, we understand each other's patterns. So she... Yeah. She knows, like, oh, now this happened. Now he's going to be upset about this, but he's not going to know until this time. And then he's going to feel bad <laughs> that he's going to apologize. So she, she knows sort of what's coming up. And so she'll yeah. be like, hey, so all this you. is going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and I do too. Like, is there a way we can, like, just break it right now and can do something we skip else? Past, <laughs> can we skip past all this bullshit so we can get to the part where you're saying you're sorry? <laughs> right. Uh, how, how long have you two been together? Uh, a little over 10, ten years, years now. Yeah, 10 wow. years. 10 years, March 11th. 10 years, March oh, 11th. Oh, congratulations. Thank you Thank so you. much. Um, how many years y'all for y'all? We've been married 14, 14 years. We've been married 13, 13 years. 13 years. We'll wow. be married 14 years this year. But we got um, married a, a, less than a year after getting together. Okay, hold on. We're taking a break, and then we're coming back, and I'm, you're telling me <laughs> more. Okay? We'll be right back, you guys. 1 size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because We're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for MeUndies, and frankly, I'd always thought, it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed absolutely embarrassed to say i'm middle-aged and just finding this out but the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference i won't say where i usually get my boxers from but for comparison me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angels feathers and the other ones i wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke 
MeUndies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. Hey friends, since uh, since we are now newly independent, we don't actually have ads anymore. We may in the future, but we thought, hey, if you'd like to support the show, yes. you know, there's a couple ways you can do it. If you have some disposable cash, you know, you can buy t-shirts at yes. CouplesTherapy.MerchNow.com. We got great, awesome t-shirts. We've got the Couples Therapy logo t-shirt, and we've also got a Gotta Miss a Bitch t-shirt. Yes. They are lovely. And we might have some new ones coming up soon, so, you know, if you're like, uh, hey, I want to buy 30 t-shirts from you guys, <laughs> 30 different patterns. Uh, uh, also, we got the Patreon now. Yes, $5 a month. You get two bonus episodes and other fun bonus content. We just put up some work that Andy and I had done back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really, the episodes, you know, we, we spilled the tea on the page. <laughs> the page. We spilled the tea on the page. Yeah. If you'd like to support the show, but you don't have some extra money around, you know, there's lots of ways you can do that. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on whatever platform you use. You can write a review. Give a us glowing a five-star review. review a on, five-star glowing review. Because you know Apple those reviews, podcast. like the better reviewed, the the um, earlier they come up in lists of podcasts. You know they got a bunch of podcasts named Couples Therapy. Oh hell to the mm-hmm. dome! We got to get to the top of that shit. 
Okay, couples therapy podcast. We own the cross state copyright on couples therapy. So we need them reviews, <laughs> especially now that we're independent. Let's get this out to more people. Yeah. We are. Or just we are, tweet about the show or make an Instagram story or something like that. You know, We uh, love those. They lift us up, especially in Quar. It's yeah. always nice to know you're not speaking into the void. And if you are enjoying listening to us, please let other people know about it. I think that's about it, Angie. Let's yeah. give them some more Emily and Kumail. And we're back. And we're back. Okay, before but, we broke. So you guys got married less than a year into being together. Tell me how. Well, wait, can I ask how accurate was the film, like how like how much of that is, is super accurate in terms of like the pressures that put on your relationship? Are you talking about the Royal Tenenbaums? What movie are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Rushmore. No, no, I like Wes Anderson's. I'm talking about Wes Anderson's early, <laughs> early stuff. That is, it, we do get the shorthand of being like, yeah, yeah. If you if you see the big stick, that's how we met. It's pretty yeah, yeah. accurate okay. overall, except okay. for the fact that we did not break up. That uh-huh. was something we added for movie magic. We didn't break up before right. I got sick, but me getting sick like a few months into our relationship is definitely why we got married so okay. quickly. Yeah. Okay, so it was all there. So, okay, I didn't. Sorry, okay. I didn't want to. I just did. I, I didn't want to force you guys to have to like retell the same tale. No, no, I know. <laughs> it was just more like because I don't know how much of it. Again, like some of it's movie magic where I'm like, do you speed stuff up? Right. To yeah. give me a story, you know what I mean? So yeah. I didn't know yeah. if there were like little bits and well, pieces. The real I mean, truth here- is that. We got engaged. We got married uh, three months after I got out of the hospital, but it was thought that that was so bizarre and kind of ho- like sounded like a Hollywood ending of a movie that we <laughs> couldn't end it. Like that felt weird to end it there. So we did not. Yeah. I see. I see. No, I I, I mean, there's a, another thing that's because Naomi and I also work on things that are quasi autobiographical. Mm-hmm. And I think it's strange to have to fit your actual life into a fictional narrative. It's bizarre. It's weird. Yeah. And it's a thing because everybody's life contains every genre, right? Like every like mm-hmm. your story as a couple contains horror, it contains romance, it's comedy, it's drama, and to have to like figure out which story you're going to tell is super super weird. It's also yeah. you think everything that happened to you is super interesting, but really yeah. finding <laughs> the story yeah. within it is like yeah. Not. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. have to. That's why with us, it was very helpful to have people who could who could sort of read it and give us thoughts. And, Be like, this is dumb. Guide us through. <laughs> yeah. Right. right, it's like, you are not that charming. We're going to yeah. have to cut this. <laughs> I know you mean. Because that's what I feel like would happen with us. And I think it wasn't just that, but sometimes I almost, when we, you and I were working on this show, Andy, it almost sometimes, it would almost be a way to retread fights. Do you know what I mean? And I'd be like, oh. okay, I'm writing an iteration where I am yeah. perfect. I do no wrong. I say the right thing. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> like, I was writing a version of myself that, uh, where I thought some of the flaws were sanded down, and that made it an uninteresting character. It's strange. We had to actually change our characters' na- first names so that just we to get some distance. S- yep. Yeah. Yep. Just for other- the distance. Because then I could like give that person a my actual flaws and also different flaws. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, it's I was true. trying to yeah create like too perfect a character. Like I'm like no, this has to like I right. can't confront like my own problems while I'm writing this. Too much to do. Too much to do on a deadline. We talk about that a lot, how like characters will often be too processed because you're like, if you're talking about yourself in the past, but you've already learned those lessons, like how do you go back to the mindset of the person who hasn't learned those lessons yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's not the easiest thing to do. And we're not always kind of great at it. And also like in in our movie, 
Kumail writes Emily, and I'll use first names because that's the character's names. Kumail writes Emily's name uh, in Urdu on a napkin and like sends it to, like gives it to her to like kind of impress her. And Emily in the movie is like, oh, this is a dumb move that you use on every girl. Whereas <laughs> Emily, the person, was like, oh, that's so hot. <laughs> And it's a little embarrassing because uh, he did do that to, you know, every woman he dated. So. <laughs> Not every woman I dated, just the gullible ones. <laughs> oh. So I was it, able to use the movie to correct that, like, kind of uh, corny uh, corniness in my own past of falling right. for that. Right, right, right. I was actually afraid. I don't know if I ever said this, Naomi, but I was actually afraid that it would dredge up shit for us. To, ri- yes. to write that. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. it? Yeah. What did you like? Did that happen for you guys at all, or just in general, just working side by side, even if it's not together? Does it ever overall? Like- it was very helpful and continues to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see things. I understand her more because we've gone through this stuff together. It can be very easy to like assign um, motive to somebody when you sort of you're like, oh, okay, so she's doing this to piss me off, whatever, or she doesn't understand, <laughs> or whatever. And then when you read her writing and see things from a perspective, you understand that that's not that it's not like directed at you. Yes. And for us, <laughs> writing that movie really was because it, it wasn't so much about the disagreements or the arguments we had back then, although some of it was. But it really mm-hmm. was me. I never understood her perspective on going through that on getting sick and I still don't completely understand that but now I know I don't understand it whereas before writing the movie I sort of thought that I got it where mm-hmm. really I don't get it and I probably never will get it. Hmm. And you don't have to. No, I don't have to but I have to give you space than to have reactions based on that experience that oh, I I don't always make sense to me. I hear you. You hear how processed we are, guys? We're so good at this. We're very so good at pretending good. <laughs> to have our shit together. You guys have it to, I love, look at that, lo- the loving kindness, yeah, the I mean, patience. This, this might be the healthiest relationship that we've ever had on the show. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Well, what Just we be- do is before podcasts, we fight all day. Absolutely. <laughs> right then we, for the hour and a half, hour, you know, before yeah. and after, then we're fine. Yeah. And then we fight again. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That way. Good. And that when we had a podcast together before, you could have made a podcast out of the number of times that we started the podcast and then went, oh, fuck. You fu- are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> okay, we got to start again. Let's we start, start over. Again. Hey, this is Emily. This is Camille. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's uh, we've We've worked together for so long that... Yeah. We've sort of gotten much better at it. That said, we still have... You still work... Sometimes you're working out your stuff through while you're working. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like you're having the arguments you would normally have about dishes, about like work, and like your yes. egos get involved. Yes, it's like totally. Who's able to do this better? Who's better at this part of it? It's writing with a um, a partner is is not for the faint of heart, I would say. Is that what you wanted? Like, did you plan to do that? I will say, because I was very resistant. Andy is more of a collaborator. You know, like, he was, like, doing sketch stuff. He was in a band, several bands. Like, he likes to kind of work with a group. And I feel very much uh, the stand-up cliche of, like, leave me alone. This is my time. (laughs) And so it was, but then at the same time, when you're with somebody who is funny and gets it, and you'll start, you know, riffing or vibing, and you're like, let's do this. But I was so resistant to it. Did you ever have that, like, I want us to just be lovers? What do you mean, was? Okay, still am <laughs> at times. Accurate. Emily's more resistant. I was uh, more and resistant, I was, yeah. And I'm, I'm more, I like Even though you're the people. stand-up. Even though I'm the stand-up, I like working yeah. with people and, and, and that. And Emily still prefers to 
work on her own. That's not true. I like no. I like working with you quite a bit. Right, but us, mm. but but I mean with other people, other, you yeah. don't like like it's not your favorite thing right. to collaborate on writing, other than with people who are you're married to. Who are you are married to? That is true. <laughs> I do feel like it is kind of a solitary activity in my head. It always, like, for me, it always has been. But it, it works out because, like, especially, like, we've gotten a lot done, amazingly enough, through the pandemic because we've had time and we've been together. And, like, right. mm-hmm. I don't have to, like, make an appointment to go, like, set up time to go work with my writing partner. Can you imagine? That sounds like a nightmare <laughs> to me. Yeah. yeah. Where are we going to meet? Uh, do we need a <laughs> separate space? Like, how are there going to be snacks? Like, we don't, do I have to wear clothes? <laughs> None of that stuff we have to worry about so much, which is truly amazing. I, I'm thinking about like our relationship where Naomi is the more of the public persona than I am, where, you know, I'm just more of a writer. And <laughs> it is interesting, you know, especially in the last like, you know, five years or so as Naomi's public persona has changed. Not too much. Don't get impressed. But just, you know, you oh, get I'm some impressed. followers. I'm, I'm, you get I'm, some I'm followers. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, it's, it hasn't changed the dynamic so much, but it's changed the public perception of what our dynamic is. Uh, I wonder, yes, I know what you mean. I wonder if the same thing has happened to you guys. We definitely, and listen, this is what's interesting. This is like a great experiment for how you can take sexism out of the equation a little bit because many people are like, isn't it so sweet that Kumail wrote that movie for you? Um, people say that <laughs> to me all the time. What? They, oh, the muse of the big sick, Emily Gordon. Oh, and it's, my God. Uh, I am frequently, when you and I work together, left out of people yeah. think that you've but done But in everything. reality, you really helped. <laughs> <laughs> oh but God. I do think, and, and people are always like, oh, it's sexism. You know, don't leave her name out. But it's not just sex. It is partially sexism. But it's also just that Kumail is more well-known than I am by a long shot and has a more of a public persona and so it does change the dynamic of me being like, literally like, oh, and I helped. Like, I was there too. Uh, and it, it feels weird to have to do that. So I think we started, but you're completely right that it's not just sexism. It is just a matter of he, him having a larger public persona. And Camille, you've been really great about continually like acknowledging that I've helped, mm. as you just did. <laughs> but it, it is a weird thing. And it does kind of make, it kind of fucks with my ego a little bit, for sure, to hear that, like, I'm kind of being erased from it entirely. But you can't completely blame sexism, as it turns out, as, as you two have shown. <laughs> yeah. As much as I'd like to. Uh, I know. Right, I know. it's just our disgusting society. Yes, bring it back. <laughs> bring it back, Andrew. Bring it back to the disgusting society. <laughs> Kumail, did you, was there ever a moment for you when you realized that change was taking place? Because I was, again, 14 years, y'all are such a team, you know. Well, you've always been the what, more well. What I mean, kind of change? Like becoming more known? That, that, no, that but like more people, like realizing the way, what, what people were thinking about the relationship. Kind of putting Emily as like the muse instead of the co-writer. I mean, Emily, you know, the first thing that, we did together was the big sick. And so I, I didn't really... Well, we did Meltdown together. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, yeah. But I feel like people, you know, for a long time, <clears throat> our f- people will be like, oh, Emily's a secret weapon. Emily's a secret weapon. Because I would write stand-up and I would run everything by Emily and Emily's really, really funny. Mm-hmm. And so people, you know, would always be like, Emily's funny in her own right. That kind of That is the that most... Kind of don't thing, ever say that to hate. me. No slouch. Don't ever <laughs> right. say she's to no me. She's no slouch either. She's no slouch either. You know, don't actually, she's the funny one in the <laughs> house. Because you can hear the condescension in it all yeah. the way <laughs> yeah. across right. the board. Yeah. Yep. Right. 
Right, exactly. So then, but from the movie, you know, uh, because it's me on screen playing me and course, somebody yeah. else on screen mm-hmm. playing Emily. So, yeah, I, I noticed right away that yeah, people okay. sometimes, but I, but I do like to think it's changing because Emily's done a lot of stuff. Um, she's done a lot of I've writing. I've had pilots fall apart. She's had a lot of pilots <laughs> fall apart, so she's really left a, a wake of <laughs> destruction. Bones. Yeah. Bones and there's, gristle. There's just b- b- bones and tombstones everywhere. <laughs> no, I think Emily's become like more like well-known and respected for her writing. Um, and so I think that sort of helped you, unfortunately, yeah. get credit for that, the big sick in a way. That's the thing that I think I I had to kind of convince Kamel of like, I do want to write stuff on my own. And it's not because I don't love working with you, but it's because mm-hmm. I have to show people that I don't, it's not, yes. I don't, you're not the brains behind the operation entirely. Yes. Right. Because yes. afterwards I was like, after we did this, I was like, all right, so let's just keep writing together. That's all we'll do. And Emily was like, no, I want to do some <laughs> stuff on my own and some stuff with you. So that's kind of what we've. And, Done. and by the way, I also get congratulated for Lovebirds, which I will take all day long. I have nothing to do with that movie. <laughs> I was at one table read. <laughs> but I will take as much credit as possible. So I, I, it's weird. I do think... Uh, and do you guys get that too? Do people congratulate the other one on stuff that the other one did? If, does, that, does that make sense? Uh, I think Naomi is more of like... Is, Sucks up more of the accolades. <laughs> sucks up the and, energy in the room. Sucks up the that, accolades. When you say sucks up, <laughs> more about that. <laughs> I was trying to think of a metaphor. I was. <laughs> and uh, the best and, you could do was sucks up. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what he could bring to the table. I'll be honest. In this moment. The metaphor in my mind was black hole, and then I was like, oh, is <laughs> racial, there, racial. Is, yes. Is there going to be like a weird yes. racial thing yes. if I use the phrase yes. black hole? Yes. As opposed to what I thought, what which was. Uh, it's more of that, like, you shoot out hawking energy. Wow, okay, a hawking energy. That's a decent save, but I won't allow it. Um, but I f- but, it, but I do think it is just interesting because, for instance, I, Andrew is a much stronger writer than me. I think I, I struggle to kind of get the words on the page mm. um, in a way that, you know, for instance, a stand-up feels very comfortable and very like, okay, I can do this. Whereas writing, I'm like, stupid, stupid, stupid. You know what I mean? Right. And so, like, when we do stuff, and we do stuff together and people, you know, they kind of assume I took the lead on it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Y'all yeah. don't understand. You would not have had a final draft in time <laughs> if you was just fucking with me. Because I am on an emotional journey with every word I write. You know what I mean? And he's much yeah. more like, this right. is it. This is what we have to do. Right. That's what, and people often assume that Kumail is handling all the comedy and the stuff we write together. And I'm handling all the emotional stuff when often it's the other way around. Like uh-huh. it's, it's a... Kumail is incredibly good at like at having dialogue that's like deeply emotional but doesn't kind of feel like it at first glance, all this stuff. And it's weird to like when someone gives you credit for something you didn't do and then you feel like a weirdo being like, no, 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 it was him. It wasn't right. me. I, ha- I have high self-esteem, I swear, but it, that one wasn't me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's a, yeah, it's, it's a weird, those parts are all kind of odd for the ego, I think for us, the, the, yes. those of us who are less public. Uh, right. Yeah. But I will also say, in our case, also, Emily is the one who is just like, you're better at writing. You've just learned a lot in the years since The Big Sick because you've constantly gone job to job writing. And when, Whereas I kind of really didn't write for a long time. I, you I became did, a superhero. I, I did like <laughs> acting stuff. I mostly worked out and uh, yeah, yeah, avoided yeah. carbs. That was my job. Yeah, no, yeah, I no did gluten. like, I focused on like acting stuff. Yeah. 
and neglecting the writing part of it. So then when we started writing again together a few months ago, I was like, oh, Emily's like gotten so much better and more confident and learned so much. Whereas mm -hmm. I am still where I was three years ago. I yeah. think you all kind of, everybody has to kind of check their ego a little bit at the door, which can be hard. That can be hard sometimes. Oh, yeah. I think that's the most difficult <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to disagree with me and say that I'm very good, but I oh, guess. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're very good at writing. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, cool. No, no, no. no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sorry, Andrew. Continue. <laughs> No, the ego thing is extremely, because I grew up uh, extremely, I guess, arrogant is the best word. <laughs> I was uh, going to say constantly praised. Constantly, well, for like, for, you know, intellectual stuff, yeah. constantly being praised. Being a smart good boy. Right. <laughs> all the little gold stars and pats on my head right, for being right. a good boy. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, that kind of rages out of control. And then you are in a relationship with someone who, you know, at least the public stuff, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. I mean, Naomi is such a good stand-up. Thank you, you know. so much. You're, you're welcome. I'm, I'm not, Thank you. I'm Thank not you. blowing smoke up your butt. I'm just saying, I mean, it's true. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Right? It's important. It's important you say that to Emily and Kumail right now. <laughs> yeah, she's know. a very good stand-up. I agree with Don't everything you you're saying, know. especially that she's a very good stand-up. <laughs> That's not what this is about. Okay, focus, refocus, refocus. Andrew. No, but it's, it's tough to like then kind of reconceptualize who you are mm -hmm. in a relationship where it where your ego is in some way subsumed under your partners. Uh-huh. Especially Does that make when sense? Especially, I, it's not yeah. the right verb I want, but like that yeah. has the flavor. Well, I think it's also too because the, and the reason why I was asking you too about like when you notice this change is because what I know of I think of you guys as meltdown, right? So to me it's like Emily right. and Kumail meltdown like if you guys were the same, like equal to me in that way, right? And so then this you watch stuff happen to people, basically, right? You guys live the lives you're always living, but just what people see when they look at you changes, mm -hmm. in essence, right? Like, you do the work, but it's also people suddenly now decide, oh, this is this, and this person is this, and this right. is that's cool, right. you know? Right. So that's what I was wondering. I was like, you know, when you realize, like, oh, shit, you're seeing something different. Because, again, over 14 years, us for 10, like, you know, to me, it's like, Andy knows me performing in the basement of comics. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, it's always, like remember oh, what was Ochi's? that room called? Oh, Ochi's Lounge. He was the oh, bathroom attendant. Oh, we were so young. I used we were to work so there. Young. That was my first job in comedy. It was? I wrote the press releases for the comics who were coming for the weekends. Wow. That oh, jeez. It was rough. It was a good room for it how terrible room. it was. It was a great room. But yeah, and I also think, too, your partner is supposed to be, in my head, the person who supports you no matter what, whereas my writing partner gets to tell me, no, that's complete shit. We have to redo that. And that's a yes. tough thing. Yes. Going from that, the person you love being the person who's just like, oh, honey, your boss is an idiot. You're, you're right <laughs> at everything you do to being like, oh, no, you also think I suck? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a really tough, uh, it's a tough, like, you got to switch hats, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys do anything to switch hats? Like our couples therapist, for instance, told us, you know, make it working hours. So that we weren't constantly talking about the project, oh, yeah. you know? So like at six, you're done. It doesn't, if you have a thought, write it down. That's <laughs> we, exactly, that. we, what we do is we ask the other person permission to bring up work stuff. So if it's like Saturday, so yes. right now, especially now, we have a very strict like weekend rule, right? So on the weekends, Friday to Monday, we do not work well, at Saturday, all. Sunday, we don't. We right, work. Saturday, yeah, Sunday, yeah, we yeah. don't work. Friday after yeah. like six p.m., we don't do it. Party and six p.m. <laughs> every day, right? So uh, if 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 she thinks of something, she has to be like, "Hey, can I bring up a work thing?" So we definitely 
through experience, have put in a lot of rules to separate our working life with our Also, no life. talking about it in bed. That's a big one. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. But sometimes that's like when I'm the most comfortable. It's almost like, you know when people say like the good ideas come to them in the shower? It's always for me like halfway going to sleep or halfway mm-hmm. waking up where right. I'm like, I've cracked it. Right. Well, I think, you know. And then I, you look at, you write like a note down and then you look at it the next morning and it says toothpicks. And you're like, <laughs> shit, what did I do? I mean, I think that that's, you know, a lot of like songwriters, for instance, write first thing in the morning. I, your brain is like, you're not judging yourself as much. Those walls are down. As you said earlier, Naomi, that thing where you're like, oh, this is bad. As I'm writing, you're, you're doing like an emotional journey for every word, right? Yeah. I think the biggest block for me with writing has been just judging what I'm doing as I'm doing it. And I yeah. just do that less when I'm like waking up in the morning or going to bed at yeah, night or true. like in the middle of the night, whatever. That kind of stuff. Just that's write it down. Don't bring that into my bed. Do not. I can't. <laughs> I can't handle it. And then, because he'll do it right before bed, he'll be like, I don't think Act Three works. Good night. I won't say that. I, well, you'll say something. I come with solutions. Equivalent. You'll be like, I think we need to work on this. Okay, good night. And go straight to sleep. And then I'm up for two more hours. <laughs> just fretting. Fretting by myself in bed. Fretting. Because I was right. <laughs> Man, as we've been talking, you guys have to navigate. And us in some way, too. You have to navigate the public persona of who you are, the fictional persona (laughs) of who you are, and the reality of who you are, which is a lot to put in one relationship, to have all these kind of, like, dimensions to walk through. Oh, God, you're right. Well, what we have is the other thing that we've done now, So we were sort of, like, I would say famously married. And we had been even before the big sick, like in Mm -hmm. terms of like when I was doing stand up, all my comedy friends knew Emily. So I was like sort of known as like, I was the first one of all our friends to get married. Mm -hmm. I was the first one of all the comedian group to get married. Right. And so I was, we were always like the married couple of the group. We were in some ways we were their parents. And now our friends (laughs) have lapped us and gotten married later and had multiple kids and stuff. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But, you know, so we were always known as like the married couple. And we did a podcast years earlier called The Indoor Kids that kind of was sort of, you know, we became like people would be like marriage goals, right? And now we've gone back and started doing this podcast called Staying In with Emily and Kamel. Nice plug, nice plug. Just for the quarantine. Casual. No, I loved it. Uh, It was was casual. Effortless. (laughs) So we just, we're we're recording our last episode like this week, right? Oh, okay. And so, but it's, it's also tough because you start doing that and it's me and Emily just talking to each other, right? Again, we're putting our marriage on display in yes. a way that's, yes. that is very real. Like yeah. people yes. think they know us and they know our relationship because they do know us and they do know our relationship. They don't yeah. know everything about it. But those are pretty unfiltered, heavy conversations we have sometimes. Yeah. And so it's, it's uncomfortable. It is hard <laughs> because we have to sort of pursue, like, should I mention that thing that happens when we leave the house? Oh, no. No? No. Okay. Kamel turns into a werewolf. Sorry. I turn into a werewolf. <laughs> um, Even you the have, daylight? It's <laughs> like daylight. people, the people who, who you know, see the big sick and think we're that, the people who see us, like, on uh, in some sort of, like, party situation, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, see that. And then there's the people who listen to the podcast here yeah. is actually talking And we couple, chose every that. bit of it. That's what's kind of crazy. Yeah. So that's part of why I think we're stopping the podcast too, because it's like you sort of start feeling very, like the way we felt when Big Sick came out, we just felt very naked. naked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel like that again a little bit. Mm. And it's like, 
No, we have to really curate what part of ourselves we present to people. Have yeah. you guys ever said anything on the podcast that you've been like, oh, that was maybe a bridge too far for our relationship? We to well, say out loud? Yeah, I know. There, yeah. there was one episode of our uh, of our Patreon that we totally scrapped because <laughs> we ended up fighting on it. And mm. I, at first I thought it was like, oh, maybe that's interesting. <laughs> And then no. I was like, no. That's not interesting. No, it's too. Oh, it might be no. interesting, it, it but you shouldn't do it anyway. Yeah. It's too. We, I think uh, when we started doing this, we talked about like, we can't give ourselves entirely over to our public personas. There That's have right. to be boundaries. And we're both terrible at drawing boundaries, but we've been very <laughs> diligent in this respect. Uh, we just have to like, there just has to be things that we don't talk about in public. That's, I think that's just so for smart. us. That's yeah. so smart. And I think, and we kept saying that when we were working on the big sick, we said it and we still say it now, which is like anything that fell out of the big sick got, got to go back to being just ours because th- so much of our story yeah. belongs to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but, and I think that's true now, like you have to intentionally choose the things that you're not going to say, because I don't think yeah. it's you, it can be, it definitely would be more entertaining to just let it all out. But like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is the, what is the, like, what is your actual goal? Is it to like be entertaining or is it to like keep a life with someone that you love yeah. and continue that life? It's like these people who think that you have to be miserable to be an artist. It's the same kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to like bleed your entire relationship dry to get, yes. get something out of it and to entertain people and make people like feel good and included. Like, and you shouldn't. I'm so glad that you two do that because I feel like a lot of people don't, it's easy to get lured into just putting it all out. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the pressures of coming out here, I think, or being in this business in general is commodifying every part of your life, right? And like grinding it through the capitalist machine. Oh, baby. (laughs) Yes. Talk about that capitalist machine. But no, but there is a pressure to to put a price tag on every emotion you have. Yeah. And and put it out there for public consumption. Yeah. And I think it it takes there are some couples who I think again, I don't know what goes on inside their actual lives, but like where it seems like that's what they've done. Right. It's a and performative relationship. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think we live in a world like so much of you know, especially to me, I see just Instagram so much of that, like the performing, especially like motherhood. There's like a lot of performing around Oof. like me yes. and the hubs, hashtag family, hashtag Saturdays. You know what I mean? Like, there's so <laughs> much about it. But I also think, though, I found that was hard, though, because like a lot of my stand up is most of it is like personal shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. not necessarily heavy, but just something that has happened. And so it's hard for me to kind of turn that off because then sometimes I'll be like, well, what do I have to talk about? And if it's not my own life, That's but right. then there's certain things you don't I'm like I'm like eh, I don't know if that's for somebody or I'm like eh, that might be a little too dark to be funny like trying to but it's taken me a while to learn what that line is and I think it was a lot easier in the beginning and I don't know if you ever felt this way Kumail but like early on where it was like well I'm just doing stand-up who knows if this is my job we're trying it it was almost like let me say it all because I don't know how long I'm gonna do it I don't know what people like yet and I would just put it out but then as when it became like oh this is my job and I'm gonna probably do this for a while now I have to pick and choose. Mm. Right. You have to really define your voice and you just have to be very careful because now you could sort of say something that could really, instead of just like trying stuff, you know, anytime you get on stage, whatever you say, it could be, yeah, it could be like news, right? I, I right. just mean, I don't, I, I mean like you have to really, at that point, craft 
who you are as a performer You're, and stick yeah. to that. And also have your persona not be a thing that's like a hundred percent your in, it has to be the processed version of you like it has right. to yeah. be the product version of you right right yeah. right you yeah. exactly have to like you sort of uh, this is going to sound gross but you think of yourself you have to as a brand which is like okay so <laughs> what yeah. of me is part of this brand and what of me is not part of this brand yeah. and what is not yeah. part of your brand is also very very important because as you're saying it can be so easy to just live completely publicly and give everything up um and i think that that's a very stressful way of living. It feels exhausting, too, because then it's you have exhausting. to, like, keep doing stuff to, like, make more well, stuff. Yeah, just, yeah, Emily, I'm weary. I'm weary. Yeah. I told you this. It's too much. It can't it's, be done. It's exhausting. It is, and it's, it's, it's also really exhausting when you first start, like, getting some success on social media, and you really start feeling it then, right? Like, like so, yeah. like, if someone's really, really famous, once they become, like, a superstar they can leave social media. And when yeah. you're like not known at all, you don't need social media. It's the time it's from middle. when you first yeah. start getting yeah. success to like when you become a, that like whole window, which is huge, which is yeah. most people's entire careers. That's where you, it sucks because you kind of need to keep being at it. Yeah. But yeah. you also don't, don't want it to define you. So, so you know, we've, we've talked about this years ago, but now I think we're sort of locked into it, which is like, these are the things that will not be part of social media. Like, if we just mm -hmm. take pictures of ourselves, those are not going on social media. No. Unless mm -hmm. we're like, all right, let's take this one and we'll put this one out. You yeah. Know? So we like, we like, as gross as it sounds, we have to like make that decision. Uh, right. Because most of our lives, we, 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 we try and keep to ourselves. Even when we were writing The Big Sick, there were certain details of stuff that actually happened to us that somewhat arbitrarily we decided we wouldn't put in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wait, can I ask both Naomi and Kumail, like, at what point did you realize there were enough eyes on you that you had to change the way you were saying things or writing things, either saying things in stand-up or writing yeah. things on Twitter or whatever? I, don't I have I have one specific situation I remember, uh, and I won't name the specifics, but there was a I had a run in with someone who is very famous, very famous, and mm -hmm. is still very famous at a comedy club. Yes, much much more famous than me, right? Uh, and not a comedian in another thing, like very very famous. I had a weird run in with this guy. Uh, so then I wrote a bit about it that was very funny. It was like a five to seven minute bit and it was a story and I would do it on stage and it would kill. It was just like part of my act and I would do it and I would name the person. And then at a certain point I did it and then it sort of got picked up and it was on all these um, publications, right? Mm. Where it was like Huffington Post and all this stuff. So yeah. and that's when I was, and I was like, oh, okay, so this person who I don't know, had a bad night. I had a bad interaction with them. And you're now trying to like... And now I don't want to... A couple things. One, I don't want to feel like I'm taking... Like uh, like I'm sort of using that weird experience to commodify, as you were saying, Andrew. Um, <laughs> I also don't want to like rain hell down on this person because that yeah. wasn't the point of the bit. The bit yeah. was I just was doing it because yeah, it was funny. You don't want to become known as the guy who like... Right. Yeah. But now it's it's like, you know, for instance, like, so this this Marvel movie, right? Like, I was doing an interview for Lovebirds last week and someone was like, randomly was like, um, who would win in a fight, your character or Deadpool? And I was like, my <laughs> character, but I can't tell you why. That's all. <laughs> yeah. 
there have been at least 40 to 50 news stories no. about that one line. No. If you look up Kumail Deadpool, <laughs> it's oh, all everywhere like, ooh, Kumail reveals secrets of his character. <laughs> Marvel secrets are like, yeah, shots fired. Because they're just like looking for something. So, oh. so I've found now you can't really have a real conversation with anybody who you're yeah. doing an interview with, even though that's not, sure. even though that's nothing. Yeah, right, 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 right. Have you found that's, the same thing, Naomi? By no. the way, hold on. That's legitimately insane. It's like the funniest thing to me, which is I love Marvel secrets. Yeah. I just, he said, oh and you God. didn't even say anything. Like you gave no information. Quick, I Kamel, no information. you or Nightcrawler? Who would win? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck Nightcrawler. Getting this trending. Shot Shots fired. fired. Shots fired. Um, Sorry, Naomi, what no, about? No, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I never really felt that. I don't know. Like I noticed... I feel like in the last year or so, when I did Two Dope Queens because that podcast was so popular, suddenly people were paying attention to me. Right. But it wasn't really until like I felt like the last year or so where I started getting scolded. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I guess people feel like yes. I'm now at a level where what I say, like you shouldn't say that right. it, given your standing. And yeah. I was like, oh, I have standing? Okay. That's what, what a disappointment! Was. Yeah, exactly. and then you're, like, when people are like you're, you've disappointed me. I'm like, you don't get to talk to me like I'm like your mom. Like, <laughs> I only get to disappoint her. What are you talking about? <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. I know, <laughs> I know. But I think that was that was um, an adjustment. I think more so. Well, you were tweeting a lot of pro Stalin stuff. Well, you know how I love I love my fascism. What? Oh God! Don't let me riff at this hour <laughs> of the day. Um, you don't want to riff about a uh, Russian dictator. No. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Emily Kumail, I just want to, this is our time. I want to thank you so much for chatting with us in quarantine. Oh, it was nice to talk to you too as well. Thank you for having us. You guys are wonderful. You're just really, I've always just felt you guys deep in my bones. And Emily, after all of our emails, I realized, <laughs> Emily, I figured it out. I feel like our email friendship started when with the big sick, I feel like I'd emailed you about something separate, oh. and then at the same time, like the nominee is not important given everything that's going on. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, I hope you're taking care of yourself and finding time for joy. Like it was something like that because I feel like when like life is a whirlwind, I was like, I want you to rest. I want you to come. But I also like the people who send you who will who don't like. You're like, oh, I'm in this the middle of this huge thing, and then you'll get an email and you're like, oh yeah, the rest of the world is still happening. This is it's a great perspective of like, yeah, shit, like. This is, it, you can't just be like constantly focused on your own whirlwind. So I, I have always appreciated our email relationship. And if we ever get to see each other in person, let's hang out. We're going to do it. We're going to hang out. We're going to bring the cats and do a puzzle. It'll be really good. Um, you guys, thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 